So typically, fifth Sunday night, we do a special thing. We uh, get together and read the Bible. Uh, that was last week. I wasn't here, so this week we do it. Um, I've had to be. Uh, I've tried to be a little more creative on uh, what we read on these. I've sort of we've checked off a lot of the very obvious parts of the Bible to read. You know, self-contained epistles like James or Ephesians. Uh, Old Testament stories like Ruth is just a really good one. It's about the perfect length. Um, so I've, I've had to get creative. And uh, what I want to do uh, today is to read some from the life of Peter. And I'll explain how we're going to approach it. So if we know one thing about Peter from the Gospels, what do we know about Peter? Well, um, Peter speaks before he thinks. Uh, Peter is impulsive. Uh, his mouth gets away from him. He's kind of a mess in the Gospels, isn't he? Everywhere we see Peter. Frankly, it's what I think makes him so sympathetic in that way. He is so, he is so flawed. When, when uh, For example, when Jesus reveals that his mission involves his death, Peter, we are told, rebukes Jesus, which is a bold move when you think about it, to tell Jesus, shame on you, you shouldn't have said that. And Jesus responds to Peter, uh, correspondingly harsh, by calling him Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is set on the things of man, not on the things of God. What Jesus is getting at is that Peter is channeling the adversary to his plan who is trying to thwart Jesus' mission to go and die for the sins of the world. And he's really, Peter is echoing a temptation Satan has already offered Jesus at the beginning of the Gospels, the temptation to get the glory without the cross, to rule the world without fulfilling his Father's mission of suffering. Again, at the Transfiguration, this incredible scene meant to reveal Jesus in his divine glory, and Peter pipes up with the suggestion that they built some tents there, and that's the lesson, a suggestion that's politely ignored by all persons of the Godhead in attendance there. And then at the arrest of Jesus, it's Peter who lops off the ear of one of the arresters, earning him another rebuke from Jesus. And then later that night, he turns into, out, into an outright coward, uh, afraid to be identified as a follower of Jesus. At one point, he's so insistent he doesn't know Jesus, he begins to curse. And even when a little girl asks him his association with Jesus, he's too afraid to own up to it. So Peter doesn't come out looking too hot in the Gospels. But while we get hints that, yes, Jesus is exasperated with Peter and the apostles at times, we can also be sure Jesus is never done with them. He never says, uh, out with you, gone. You're not an apostle anymore. You're kicked out of the club. I don't have anything to do with you. The word for what Jesus has for Peter is the word long-suffering. That's what Jesus has. Uh, even when he foretells Peter's denials, Jesus says this in Luke 22. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, he says, strengthen your brothers. So yes, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. But Jesus also foretells Peter's repentance. He says, when you turn again, uh, uh, strengthen your brothers. So he foresees his repentance and he foresees his work to strengthen your brothers. After Jesus' resurrection, as he spends his last days on earth among the apostles, briefly read this interaction he has with Peter in John 21 and verse 15. John 21 and verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said this to him the third time. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. And you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show him by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus is asking Peter here if he really loves Jesus, if he is ready to serve God's people, and if he is ready to suffer for doing all of that. So what I want us to read this evening is the story of Peter taking up that task. The story of Peter maturing, the story of Peter repenting, receiving forgiveness, and then living in light of that new forgiven status. I want us to see the kind of man Peter became. Sort of it's the inverse. Um, we did a Samson a while back. We read the story of Samson. Samson's trajectory is tragic. It goes from, goes from a sort of optimistic outlook to a, to a sad ending. Peter's is sort of the opposite. It's a comedy, classically speaking, where it begins, it begins on sort of shaky ground, but it ends, I think, in quite a happy way. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the beginning chapters of Acts, Acts chapter 2 to begin, which tells the story of Peter beginning to carry out this mission of feeding Jesus' sheep. And we'll, uh, we'll read some in the beginning of Acts. We'll skip a few chapters to the last part of Peter's story that's told in Acts. But I think here's, here's what I think we need to remember as we read Peter's story. Peter's story is a reminder that our failures need not be final. That we need not be, uh, for all of our lives, defined by, by the worst failure we've ever had. God is long-suffering. He doesn't want to rub our faces in all the ways we've let him down, as Jesus could have done to Peter. He wants to offer redemption and reconciliation so that we can help others find those same things, redemption and reconciliation. That's the story of Peter, one who found redemption and shows others that same redemption he experienced. So Acts chapter 1 is, of course, a story of of, uh, Jesus' final words to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. Peter's mentioned there, but it's about Jesus. Acts chapter 2, Peter really takes the center stage in the Acts narrative. So this is Acts 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they uh, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt... Parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. And here's Peter's sermon. Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. 
For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Here's the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Peter, Peter uh, gives his comments. Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, now quoting from Psalm 16, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand and I might might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. And then Peter continues. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, And of of this we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. 
And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. So here's Peter's address. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our power or piety we made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by his name, in his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see now, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man, given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that as Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time restoring of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken, from Samuel and those who came after him, also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets, and the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, 
If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there was no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astounded. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. When they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But in order that we may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. They had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given their testimony. The apostles were giving the testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias... And with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, 
Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband, and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, more than ever believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that even... <clears throat> so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns round Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them out in public prison. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand at the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. And when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people and and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. When the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what what, what this would come to. And someone came to them and said, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And the captain with the officers went and brought them, not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, They set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you would tend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, Take care what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He 
too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. For the next few chapters, the focus goes from Peter and his work to men like Philip, Stephen, uh, the conversion of, of Saul, the introduction to Saul. We uh, pick up now in Acts chapter 9 and verse 32. Acts chapter 9 and verse 32. Acts 9 and verse 32. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. Immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, the tanner. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. But the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in, say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? He said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, And having related everything to him, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanting something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by the four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, 
By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed at what, as to what the vision he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What's the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited the men to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too, am a, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house about the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God, God raised him on the third day and caused him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. They were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, 
Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to remain for some days. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were and sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he'd seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa, bring Simon, who's called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them that he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who is I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. They glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. There were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke also to Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. He exhorted them, all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people into Antioch. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Skip down to chapter 12 with me. This will be the last short little stretch, and then we'll be done. Acts 12 and verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up, quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself. Put on your sandals, and he did so. 
And he said to him, wrap your cloak round you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And he knocked at the, at the door of the gateway. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. He said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was so, and they kept saying, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. And when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries in order that they should put, be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. And that's where it will stop. Um, that's basically where Peter's story ends in the book of Acts. He does pop up in Acts 15 as they're discussing this question of Gentiles, and Peter gives his testimony of, uh, of what happened with Cornelius. But, but here's the picture I want, I want you to be impressed by. The picture we find of Peter in the book of Acts is very different from the picture of Peter we get in the Gospels. The Peter of Acts is a man redeemed. He is a man who's been given new life. He's a man who is using his forgiveness as fuel for his discipleship. In the Gospels, he never... Uh, he, he always flapping his gums about, about sort of wrong things. And then when it comes time to actually speak up for Jesus on the night of his crucifixion, he can't, he can't open his mouth. Well, in Acts, it's the opposite. No one can stop him from opening his mouth about Jesus. We cannot but speak, he says, of the things that we have seen. I, I think this story of, of the redemption of Peter um, can and really is the story of any and all of us who are in Christ. Sinners who failed God... And yet, in God's long-suffering with us, are still offered redemption. We receive that redemption as Peter did. And then we don't just sit on our hands content that we've been forgiven. We go and preach and serve and do what we can in service of the God who has redeemed us. That's the story of Peter. And I think that should be the story of each of us. And so maybe there's someone here who wants to, uh, wants to have your life conform more closely with the story of Peter. It's a story of failure the story of God's love and forgiveness that we accept, and then having accepted his forgiveness, we go out and serve him and dedicate the rest of our lives to his service. If anyone needs to come to repent of your sins, to be baptized as Peter preached, or to repent and to get your life back on course, come forward now as we stand and sing. Someday you'll stand in the bar on
and free, washed in the blood of the crucified one, he will you ransom.